Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm Jenny Bellinger, your direct sales dom, helping you whip your business into shape. And today I have with me a recent friend. I met Holly about six months ago through the, what was at that point in time called the Breakfast Club Mm -hmm. and now is called the Momentum Community. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful free networking opportunity available nationwide. We we literally have people from all over. And I think we might even have have had some Canadians join us too. It's pretty cool. It's a great community, guys. So if you want to know more, reach out to myself or Holly once you have our contact information in the show notes. But let me tell you guys more about Holly because I know her as my friend and fellow business associate. But Holly Cervini is passionate about supporting an underserved segment of the business world, our overburdened senior leaders in how they lead and how they live. These high achievers appear to be getting along swimmingly and yet are often treading water furiously and perilously beneath the surface, gradually sinking over time. Those she serves are under so much unhealthy stress that they dread going to work and their physical and mental health is suffering. Holly coaches them to avoid burnout by recalibrating their priorities, renewing their sense of well-being so that they become the heroes of their organizations. She works for an executive coaching organization and is also a functional medicine health coaching scholar. So Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jenny. I'm super happy to be here with you and your audience. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today as a coach. Absolutely. Okay. So Jenny, I think I've always had that coaching part of me. It's just been a kind of a way of life for me, but I didn't really know it was called coaching. And actually, you know, five years ago, if you'd said to me, what is coaching? I could never have explained it. So I'm sure you've had that experience where you deal with a lot of people who you know the word coaching, but don't really know what it means. So for me, I was invited by a friend that I greatly respect who has a coaching business to come on board with his organization about four years ago. But right before that, I started working with him as my coach Mm -hmm. and I was absolutely amazed by the nature of that coaching dynamic. I'd had therapists before. I'd had counselors before. I knew of consultant relationships I'd experienced, but I'd never had that real coaching kind of dynamic. And it just blew me away. And I just knew that coaching was something I wanted to check out, find out more about. So I worked behind the scenes in his organization. And then ultimately I knew pretty much from the start of working in the organization, I knew my eye was for the long range goal of coaching. So I became a coach for him and I put my shingle out. And so I firsthand 
got to experience a lot of what we're going to talk about today, which is kind of the ins and outs of change management, changing your own game plan and helping other people kind of be the best that they can be. Gotcha. So one of the things that made me go, I have to have Holly on my podcast is the fact that I, in the Momentum community, you did a presentation one day talking about the PEA NEA and how they fit into, if I remember correctly, our motivation to get things done, right? So let's dive into this. So first of all, tell us what is PEA? What is NEA? Let's start with that. Absolutely. I'm going to take it a step back even further and give your audience a little insight into the kind of science that came up with PEA and NEA. Perfect. So, okay. So we all know about psychology. And when we think about psychology, we think about, if you will, for simplicity purposes, getting people who are maybe a minus five to a zero. So people who are hurting, people who are suffering, but, and there's of course, incredible value in that. But there became a new discipline within psychology, and they said, that's so valuable, but we think as valuable is this idea of what causes people to experience well-being and to achieve. So they focused on what takes people from a zero to a plus five. So out of this science and this discipline, and by the way, this is not woo-woo. This is like science-based, studied, researched, heady stuff. So there was one of these positive psychologists, and his name is Richard Boyatzis. It's kind of hard to spell his name, but anytime I talk about a concept, I want to always give a shout out to the people who did the work to get there. So what he said and realized and did the research around is that our brains have these two areas, and it's not just two areas of how we feel or how we behave or how we accomplish change, but it's actually what lights up in our brain. So in other words, if you did a brain scan, you would see these two areas lighting up differently. Hmm. So what we call them is PEA and NEA. And PEA stands for positive emotional attractors. And NEA stands for negative emotional attractors. Now, before I go any further, I want to make it really clear to your listeners that there's a reason we're talking about this. They're going to have a takeaway. They're going to have that aha moment. They're going to have an opportunity to leave and actually get some transformation by just kind of absorbing and applying this concept. And we're not going to make it super complicated. Mm -hmm. So, but I also want to say that we automatically, if I say positive emotional attractor and negative emotional attractor. We just want to judge it, don't we? We just want to go, yeah, I like the positive one on the negative one. But what's really interesting here is we really have to kind of come to peace with both. Mm -hmm. So let's unpack this a little bit more, Jenny. Is this good? Yeah, I love it. Okay, so there. I'm going to give you the big picture of positive and negative NEA, PEA and NEA. So PEA, think vision, think core values, think three years from now, where do I want to be? The possibility, the dream, the calling, the passion, the why, leaving the cave, right? Instead of staying in the cave, think what resonates with you and what is an enduring force of inspiration for you. Mm. Now, contrasting, think of 
Have you ever noticed, Jenny, that you have an idea and as soon as it comes to mind, part of you leans into it. And then there's this little voice that comes out and goes, eh, here's why that won't work. Right? <laughs> yes. Do you experience that? Yes. The voice I hear probably most often is that's not realistic. Jenny, that's your NEA. I right know. There. Yeah. So think about it. So as much as we have the visionary part, we have the part that goes, well, what about this? And what about this? And to get there, we have to climb this mountain and we have to learn these new skills. Mm -hmm. And if we, if the PEA gets us out of the cave, just looking at the vista, looking at the next thing we can experience, the NEA says, get back in the cave. It's not safe out here. Mm -hmm. So Jenny, that NEA is a survival skill. Like it's not just Debbie Downer, it's survival. I mean, that was a part of us that made sure we didn't leave the cave without the knife, right? In case the lion came. So that's our realistic self. If you know the book Rocket Fuel, it pictures the visionary and the integrator. So it's also kind of like that, the PEA being the visionary, the NEA being the integrator, the nuts and bolts. And let's see, I've got a beautiful list. Oh, here's another thing. The PEA is that intrinsic motivation. Mm. Just that I just know that I know that I know that this is right for me and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the NEA is that extrinsic motivator. Like when the teacher says you have to do something. Right. So the PEA is like the could and the NEA is like the should. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I tell my clients all the time, stop shooting yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And what I love about this Boyartsis may or may not be saying that correctly a thought leader in this mm-hmm. positive psychology coaching spaces, he had three takeaways for us. He said that our vision has to be grounded in this PEA mm. for us to have that enduring long-term motivation to change. Yes. He also said that we have to remain in the PEA. And he said that we have to spend disproportionately more time in PEA than NEA. Now, Jenny, here's what's hard about that. Mm -hmm. We have long lasting impressions from the lion attacking us or coming by when we're stepping out of the cave, right? That sticks with us for some reason, probably attached to survival. We just remember these things forever. Mm -hmm. And so our brain is very, very, very quick to offer us the negativity, the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the shame, the guilt. And so what Boyartsis said is knowing this, we can deliberately calibrate it. So we can say, okay, I know my brain defaults to NEA. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be intentional about cultivating the PEA. And we're talking like, let's say, In a marriage relationship, let's talk about just how we maybe interact with a spouse or a partner. So for every correction we offer, we have to offer five positive things. Mm. It's similar to that. Yep. So, or if we're in a team and we're, you know, kind of giving somebody feedback, we want to give three positives, one negative. So in our own minds, we want to always be bolstering the positivity, bolstering the vision, the what if, what's resonating intentionally just to kind of correct for this survival-based tendency to always be looking at the more practical. I love this. So there's two things coming up for me in, yes. in 
all that wonderfulness that you just brought up. So first thing being there's science that now backs up. We now guys using what Holly just taught us have backup for why we create vision boards. Yes. This is the science that backs up vision boards as not being some woo woo BS out there in the world. Vision boards work because they help bring up and activate the PEA. <gasps> Boom. Mind blowing stuff right there. Okay. That's the first thing. Cause you know, I've been telling people for years that there is science that backs up vision boards. I just didn't have names or anything. I'm like, it works because this, like my degree is actually in psychology, right? So I have training in psychology and all of this. So to me, hearing you talk about the science, I'm just like, oh, I love it. I'm nerding out like crazy. That's why I knew I had to have you on the podcast. The second thing is, is I love the explanation of the number of times that you want to be, not should be, have to be, but want to be grounding yourself in the PEA stuff daily, right? Yes. Every day. This isn't something you should be like, oh, once a month, I'm going to go into my vision board. You know, it's, this is why we as coaches talk about having affirmations on the daily, having manifestation, visualization, meditation practices on the daily, because it's getting us to get into that PEA space of imagining, visualizing, putting out there what it is we want, those intrinsic motivators. And then that, because then what happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, then the rest of our day, when we start our day with those types of things, the NEA for the rest of the day goes, all right, well, how are we going to make that happen? And the NEA helps us begin to take the action, right? Totally. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> Jenny, think about people, you know, who are all creative. Think of that kind of quintessential inventor who's got the workshop full of inventions and none of them really totally work. Mm -hmm. So the PEA without the NEA, it's that kind of wizardry inventor guy. And the NEA without the PEA is that person who's just really stuck and not going anywhere. And their entire world just feels really small and uninspiring. Oh, how many people are, I'm sure that there are listeners right now or people who are watching right now going, I feel called out with that one, Holly. <laughs> I feel called out. You just said what I've been feeling, this stuckness. I'm hermiting, I'm protecting myself, right? That NEA is coming out and protecting myself too much. So I'm not stepping out into the PEA. Oh, mm. I love this, love this. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. Okay, the other <laughs> thing that just came to mind is when we talked about the different parts of the brains that fire, when you're in the PEA, you can problem solve and creatively find how to get there. When you're in the NEA, it's almost like you mute that problem solving. And one of the things I really want us all, all your listeners and us to really be aware of is we are all wired like this. So if somebody's out there going, oh gosh, that's me, it's everyone. Mm -hmm. So we're in this beautiful, no shame space. Now, Jenny, you and I know what that looks like because that's really inherent to coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And we found that, you know, just as people don't move forward unless they're intrinsically motivated, people don't move forward if they feel shame. Mm. So let's eliminate the sense it's just me. 
There's something wrong with me that I think of all these negative things when I have a good idea. No, understand that it's just this yin and yang of how our brains work. Yeah. And I'd be willing to venture to say somewhere between 80 to 90% of the rest of the world is in that same boat where they are more closely attached to their NEA out of habit. Right. Right. And that's why we look at some of these super, super successful people and go, I could never be them. Well, not right now. Hmm. Not with the way you're operating right now. When you're completely stuck in that NEA, you are absolutely 100% correct. Yay. (laughs) You're right about something. Yes. Yes. And you can change it. Mm -hmm. There are things you can do. So what are some of the things that you work with your clients on to move them from the NEA to the PEA being their primary source of motivation rather Mm -hmm. than the NEA? Mm -hmm. So I think the first step I do with people is I encourage them to raise their level of awareness of their inner dialogue. Because until you can see when the NEA voice kicks in, it's hard to kind of remediate it. So I encourage people, picture you got a lab coat on because our scientists are totally non-judgmental, right? Mm -hmm. And then picture that you're just tuning in to this internal dialogue and that when you hear the negativity and the hundred reasons why this won't work, you go, oh, I know what that is. That's my NEA speaking. Mm-hmm. And so immediately you take away the shame and the judgment and you just understand that it's just how our brains are wired to function. So that's step one. Love it. I would say step two is a little bit what you were talking about. And I think for this step, it's like it, it's an individual practice. Like some people bolster their PEA with putting signs in places all around their homes, reminding them of their vision. Yes. <laughs> Or setting reminders on their phones Mm -hmm. or being a part of really motivational communities like the one that I run and you've guessed on a lot, which is Wednesdays at noon or writing in a journal every day. Some people have a meditative practice. For me, it's a prayer practice. I actually journal on my iPad and that's a part of my spiritual practices. I start the day that way, but that's not a formula for people. That's just what works for me. So Mm -hmm. it's this journey of figuring out, hey, how do I stay connected? with that higher level. It really, I think the PEA has a real spiritual component to it, Jenny, regardless of religion or anything. It's this sense of connecting with the beyond ourselves, the divine, the big reason, the calling, the why, all of that stuff that's, you know, really kind of ethereal, but Mm -hmm. really meaningful. Yeah. And again, think of, to utilize a Christian symbology, right? Think about Jesus. Jesus was not operating in the NEA, (laughs) y'all. Jesus was operating from his place of purpose, from Mm. what he was called to do. Mm. The disciples, for the most part, were operating from their place of purpose as they learned how to transition. Because keep in mind, they were human just like the rest of us Mm. and learned through their practice with Jesus and following and discipling with him to move from their NEA to the PEA. Ah, yes, we can talk about those kinds of things. Absolutely. So I think what comes up for me too with that, and because I have a journaling practice as well, this journal was a gift to me from a vendor and what I do in here. And I think you'll enjoy this because it really does activate my PEA every time I do it is it's the game journal. 
Jenny's Gate, G-A-M-E. So my goal is every day I'm to go in and do my gratitudes, my Mm. affirmations, my manifestations, and my exclamations. So the gratitudes, what am I grateful for? The affirmation, what is something positive about me Mm. and who I am? My manifestations, what do I want to create? So that's really the PEA. What are the things I'm wanting to create in my life and my business? And the exclamations are the, here's this awesome thing that happened today or yesterday. Like after I wrote in my journal yesterday, that you know, I got a new client or, you know, I interviewed Jack Canfield or, you know, those are the exclamations that show up in here as wonderful, cool things that came from manifestations as well. That is so so cool, Jenny. It's, it's for those of you who are probably like me for the longest time, I had trouble with the idea of journaling because they're like, just journal, just write, write what, (laughs) what am I supposed to write? I don't know. Write whatever you want. Well, that doesn't help me. I'm like, I need more direction, right? Because I like probably many people, my NEA was popping in going, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. So I'm just not going to do it at all. Well, then once I heard from another coach about the game journaling, and I don't know if it's hers or if she got it from somewhere else, but I heard it from her and I went, oh, that I can do four sentences a day. Easy. Awesome. Right. And so these are things that you can do like simple things that anybody, if I can do it, you can do it. Like you don't even have to have a really cool leather bound journal like I got because it was a gift. It's not something I would have purchased for myself, but you can very easily just go grab any $1 composition notebook from the Dollar Tree and create your game journal and do it every day or do it digitally like you were saying, Holly. I mean, it's it's an easy thing to incorporate into your life to really begin activating that, that intrinsic motivation. Now, okay, really quickly, because there's some people who are probably listening to this going intrinsic, extrinsic, what the heck is that, right? Because you and I have a background in this. So let's break down intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. What does intrinsic motivation definition, what is, and how does it show up in your life? So they can begin to recognize those things when they happen. Yes. Okay. So intrinsic motivation is you on the island, you came up with it, you feel it, you love it, it resonates with you. There's no reason on the planet that benefits anyone else. It comes from your soul. Mm, comes from inside. inside, intrinsic, intrinsic. Yeah. And that is to me, it's like that long, steady wave that we just surf from 500 feet off the shore all the way in. And that's the intrinsic motivation. We as coaches are looking to spot that in clients because Mm -hmm. that's where we press in. Yep. Extrinsic picture, the piano teacher who smacks you on the knuckles because you didn't practice, you know, enough that week. So it has a value because think about it. We have times in our lives where we're, and I'm not going to get into the five stages of change as much as I would love to, but we're (laughs) not aware that we need to make a change. So sometimes somebody like, let's say we're kind of not taking great care of around our food choices. And we get to a doctor who says, Hey, your cholesterol is high and your Mm. blood pressure is high. And you're now considered kind of legally or, you know, according to our charts, you're considered, you know, obese. Here's the risks going with that. We're not picking on our friends who struggle with that because we all have our struggles. But just for the sake of an illustration, that is somebody who extrinsically is trying to motivate you to change. You get to respond to that and either take it on board and be like, wait. Mm-hmm. I've got a vision for my future. I want to be able to run and play with my grandchildren. That's now become intrinsic, but it started off extrinsic. Yeah. 
But there's nothing wrong yeah. with extrinsic motivation, very much like a shower. <laughs> if you're going to rely upon extrinsic motivation, you better find that extrinsic motivation daily. Whereas intrinsic motivation, it comes from that desire, that want, as you mentioned, the pull, the wave that we're surfing, that energy comes from inside of us. We just have to sometimes be redirected to remember it. You know, so what we as coaches get to do is keep putting that intrinsic motivator in front of our clients, right? And saying, hey, remember when you said this, you want to run and play with your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be sitting and not able to interact with them. You want to go play with them. So then what's your plan for today to make that vision possible? Mm right? Yeah. Pulling from the intrinsic, from the inside. I, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. I love this. You and I could talk about this. I know Holly, we could talk about this. We could all day, yes. all day, yes. but we don't have time for that. What we wanted was to give people just this beginning glimpse and view because motivation, I mean, I've done a blog post about this before and I put it on Facebook and it was one of my top engaged posts ever, mm. which is motivation is a myth. And people were like, what do you mean motivation's a myth? It's real. Well, no, the way you think about motivation is a myth, right? Everybody thinks they need to be motivated to get something done. Well, actually, sometimes it's just take the first step, do yeah. the first action list mm -hmm. on your to-do list. And then the results from getting that done, the satisfaction you feel from crossing that first thing off, you go, oh, I could do the next one now. Mm-hmm. If you can just get yourself to do the first thing, that motivation. So some it's that recognition of the intrinsic where I want to get to the end of my day and feel the satisfaction of having checked three things off my list, five things off my list, one thing off my list, whatever that is, right? It's that piece. Now, I know that you also have a nice freebie, a giveaway for the listeners today. And it's the secret sauce stress tips. Tell us a little bit about that and where can they find it? Absolutely. So it's available on my website, which is hollyservinicoaching.com. And, you know, I work a lot around this idea of stress and, you know, we have good stress and bad stress, but this is really addressing the bad kind of stress, that chronic stress that overwhelms mm. us and locks us in the NEA. And so there's just a list there of some of my best practices and best ideas around stress management. Oh, I love it. I'm going to go check it out right away as soon as we get off this call. Because <laughs> I want to see what this is, because I'm probably going to be finding some of it, if not all of it, to be very useful to me. Because I hope so. Nice thing. I, you know what I love that I get to do because of this podcast is I get to talk to amazing coaches. The hidden element of this podcast, you know, I, I do this for the benefit of my audience. But really, the hidden element is sometimes I do it for me too. <laughs> Getting to learn and have these awesome, amazing conversations with super intelligent, super fun people like you, Holly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this information because I know that there are people who are going to hear this and go, that makes a lot of sense. Now, finally, I can go ahead and because I have, you know, there may be more scientifically grounded like you and I are. Now that woo woo stuff is something I can maybe start implementing and not feel like an idiot because I don't believe in woo-woo. I believe in science. And now we have the science to back up mm -hmm. why these things 
work and how they work in our brain, which I just love. So thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And so Holly, what's the preferred way that you would like people to reach out to you? So if they want to know more, if they want to know more about you, about your coaching, how do you want people to reach out to you so that they can learn more? Sure. They can actually text my MobyPop site and I'm going to look that up really quick, just in case I mess that up, just by memory. But they can also go on to my website, which is hollyservinicoaching.com. And, um, but I love this MobyPop platform, which is they can text 55312. They can text the word Holly. Oh, yeah. So the message says Holly. It's Holly's yes. name. And yes. get, give the number again, 55312. Yeah. All right. So we'll make sure. All right. So BDSM crew, you guys know how this goes. If you're not driving, grab your phone, click on the episode that you're listening to right now, and then scroll up just a little bit. And you'll see in the show notes right there, you'll have a way to access Holly's mobile marketing uh, information, her, her mobile site direct to your phone. She will send you the information right to you just by typing in her name and then to that short code number. Or we also have the direct link to her freebie and to her website in the show notes. So make sure you click on that in order to access more connection to Holly, to be able to get those secret sauce stress tips to lower and reduce your stress levels. Cause who doesn't want to be able to reduce their stress levels, especially now, especially in these times. So this is perfectly timed. I so appreciate this Holly. And I love having you on the show. And I know we're going to have to have you back because you know, you're going to give your next presentation. I'm going to go, Holly, that's an episode girl. <laughs> I love it. And Jenny, I just want to say to your audience mm-hmm. that on your down days, let this information float back into your brain and mm. understand that you're not alone and that your brain is not doing something wrong. It's just trying too hard to protect you. And that you, when you're feeling better and feeling stronger, can reconnect with your why re-engage that part of your brain to problem solve and maneuver you out of the funk into the future. Yes. Out of the funk and into the future. Okay. I think that's the podcast title. I think that's the episode <laughs> title out of the funk into the future. Cause I, I love pulling the, the great things that the guest says that is going to make people go, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> or wait, we what? can even change it, Jenny, to out of the funk into the fantastic. Ooh, Ooh I'll let you decide. Those are both good. Oh man. Maybe we'll AB split test it. I don't know. Okay. I know what that means. Right. I know other people are going, wait, what? what? But you and I, we know, we, we know. know, you know, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you, Holly, so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate your time, your expertise, your knowledge, and your willingness to share it with my audience. And please let me know if there's anything I can do to help you with your network. I am here to serve. So thank you so much, Holly Servini. So glad to have you here. Any last things that you would like to say to the audience? Oh, you guys are really fortunate to have Miss Jenny inspiring you and educating you. And I think you'll all agree with me that we're all just better off knowing you, Jenny. So thank you. Thank you. You are so sweet. And that definitely wins you back another episode. (laughs) Because my second love language is words of affirmation. So yeah, I, I, you know, if you call me awesome, I'm going to follow you around like a puppy dog for the rest of your life. (laughs) 
love thank it. you so much again and bdsm crew you guys know how this goes stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales dom jenny bellinger why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.